Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. This hour is brought to you by Cars for Kids. Call 1-877-CARS-WITH-A-K, the numeral four kids. Dan Weederer, on-air contributor for 670 The Score. You're going to be relying on a lot of young players, guys that have to materialize into who they thought they were. The Bears are who we thought they were. When either they drafted them or guys that they believe in that were already here, that's guys like Justin Fields. Bears beat reporter and enterprise writer for the Chicago Tribune. Matt has pounded it home from the day he took the job with the hits principle and the acronym there and just saying repeatedly, we are going to be an effort-based football team. Dan Weederer. Get your track shoes on. With Bernstein and Holmes on 670 The Score. Dan Wiederer is on Twitter, at Dan Wiederer. He joins us on the Score Hotline, presented by Circa Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sportsbook, and on Twitch, twitch.tv slash Chicago 670 to score. All right, the Bears are on the clock. What are you hearing? <laughs> you know what I am hearing, and, and I've had some conversations in the last week, is that there's uh, some chatter, honestly, that you know in Indy, there's going to be a lot of conversation happening about who might want to come up, what they want to give, and that there's sort of this general buzz that the Bears would be interested in stockpiling for 2024, right? And so as you're, as you're looking to, to figure out what the, the basket of picks is, may look like when you trade that number one pick, that don't, don't um, overlook the idea that stockpiling for the future will give them flexibility in a way that might be beneficial up the road for, for just trying to put this roster together in the way that they want to do it. I have a tweet here from Dan Wiederer. Time stamped at 8.54 p.m. yesterday. <clears throat> Both of these quarterbacks have nuts of steel. <laughs> Great show. So what prompted that? I mean, listen, that was a football fan's dream yesterday, right up to the James Bradbury penalty of watching two guys in total command, right? And Jalen Hurts' performance yesterday was special on so many different levels. And you just take out the one. Uh, Aaron silly dropped football that then hit his foot that then bounced to Nick Bolton that then wound up being a touchdown the other way. And that dude had a MVP performance on the Super Bowl stage. Right. And then you've got Patrick Mahomes and I can tell you this, Lawrence, like, so first of all, I, I have to tell Dan that, that I, I ignored his advice. You know, two weeks ago, you asked me, Hey, who, who are you picking for this game? I said, the Eagles they are the more complete team. And Dan said, rubber stamp it. You know, usually your first instinct is right. Just lock that in, load it. Well, last week I changed because I couldn't get past the magic of Patrick Mahomes. And in these last 23 days, I've gone from full appreciation for who Patrick Mahomes is as a quarterback to, to full stand mode on Patrick Mahomes. I mean, the dude is next level legendary. And last night was, was just another example of it. I mean, if you're going to go stand, that'd be the guy in the NFL right now that I mean, you are going to go stand for. I, I'm amazed, and Dan and I were talking about it earlier, his his knack for understanding situation mm-hmm. and, and the moments to, to push a little bit. Like, even with that ankle where it's like, okay, mm-hmm. I can take a risk here with the ankle because of the situation of the game. I really appreciate that about him that the 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 Superman, like the heroic stuff that he does sometimes is from him understanding game situation. 
Look, like I've described it as this like perfect blend and it's a special blend, right? Of competitive fire and competitive calm. And when you can get that perfect balance of that, it, it turns into the results that you saw throughout the playoffs. It's awesome to watch. And again, like 23 days ago, the dude suffered a high ankle sprain in the first half of the division game against the Jaguars. And then he just kept gutting through and kept making plays and kept making sure that his team would advance and that he would be ready when they advanced and then be ready when they're behind to help them advance again. And yesterday was this, you know, this, this combination of improv magic and an on-script surgery, right? And that's, that's where like, when you, when you boil down all these things that we're talking about, you're just like, man. And I, I described it on Friday when, when David and I were talking that it's just the, the feeling that you had as a Bulls fan in the nineties, that no matter how big the anxiety got, no matter how, much you were worried no matter how big the pressure was you're just like mj's got this well guess what you can feel like when you're in kansas city now uh not only now but probably for the next 10 to 12 years i like that turn of phrase the balance of competitive fire with competitive calm mm-hmm. see to me that perfectly describes what's still missing in josh allen sure right like tries too hard at times to make too many things happen right it has it certainly has a competitive fire but there are times where it's just like Rain it in a little bit. Rain it in a little bit. Also, because as as a quarterback, as a leader, you want your teammates to look to you as for the most you can be is in control. One of those Mm -hmm. important things you can be. And sometimes it's cracking a joke in the huddle. Sometimes it's going over and telling somebody that something they're doing is not okay. Other times it's saying, "Hey, don't worry about it. I'm coming right back at you after that drop." Like there is, there is a maturity and an aspect to this. And the good news is that as we project all of these things on Justin Fields, I'm I am still optimistic that all of that is in him. All of all of the the leadership touch right and feel that you're yep. talking about yep. no question about it and and look like i'm a nerd for the maturation process and particularly at that position mm. because it's fascinating to watch and one of the things that i've really um admired in patrick over this last you know stretch here is his acknowledgement that that super bowl loss of the buccaneers affected him and it affected him in ways that helped his maturation go forward he said he, you know he credits alex smith and Derek johnson when he was a young player of getting him to understand that like every little detail matters and every little detail matters in the biggest moments of the sport that change history and what patrick sort of learned from the loss to the the buccaneers was i've got to not only pay attention to all those details myself but i have to make sure the other 10 guys around me are perfectly on point with their details. And I've got to make sure that I reach out and grow those tentacles to make sure that I do reach out and make those things happen. You're just seeing a blend of, uh, you know, just playmaking magic with, with leadership, you know, A++. That is the reason he's got two MVP awards, two Super Bowl trophies, and now two, two Super Bowl MVP awards after five seasons as a starter. Considering what we were looking at on the field last night, do you think the NFL – will take a, a longer look at how they prepare a field <laughs> for the Super Bowl because that that's as bad as, as Soldier Field in November. I mean, it was like playing on a slip and slide, you know, and I think it was Jordan Mailata who compared it to a water park. And, uh, you know, it, it, it was kind of embarrassing for the biggest stage to have that many slip and falls and, and you know, you can't even get a clean kickoff off. Yeah, Isaiah Pacheco scores and almost falls on his behind in the end zone because he slips on the paint behind it. I don't know what was going on there. There was a lot of stuff leading up to the game. Uh, you know, I think uh, I saw something where Patrick Peterson, who played in Arizona for a long time, said, hey, keep an eye on this as, uh, you know, something that may be a small factor in this game. For a game that was as awesome 
as that game was. And great theater, great show, all those things that we've talked about. It's really unfortunate that we're going to spend a lot of time talking about the playing surface. You know what? They asked for it, though, because how many articles? I would just say the uh, Defector.com did a great job. They compiled all of of these self-congratulatory articles. They couldn't wait to tell you. We've been growing this for two years. 94-year-old George Toba. This man's forgotten more about agronomy than you'll ever know (laughs) the rest of your life. And this is the next thing, next level. It was awful. They hyped it. It's Oh, no doubt. I mean, it's embarrassing. It's 77 and sunny on Super Bowl Sunday in a beautiful place to play football. And you've got guys sliding all over the place. And guess what? It, it probably uh, factored in. There's a lot of factors. Totally. That were, were Andy Reid knew it. Andy Reid understood that Hassan Reddick couldn't stay upright. Right. Their pass rush was, was, was limited by that. There are a lot of other things that Andy Reid knew in that game, too. And, and, and it was really cool to watch them play that chess match a little bit. And, and for Andy to show his kind of wizardry as an offensive coach with the help of Chad Henney, with the help of Eric Bieniemy, of guys that, that helped him get some little things within the game plan. Um, you know, I read a ton this morning, great coverage across the board from, from writers that, that cover the Eagles and Chiefs. And one day I would hope that I can write about a team that plays in the Super Bowl. Uh, but, you know, the, the idea that, number one, that the, the, the chip help that the, the, the Chiefs used all day and just did it enough to slow down that pass rush to buy enough for Patrick to slither up through the pocket, to be able to fight off a guy, throw a pass, and, and have it complete. And then just those, you know, noticing that, that, that little thing in the jet motion, uh, you know, the jet sweep motion that, that made the Eagles vulnerable when they were in man coverage, it results in the touchdown to Kadarius Toney where he stops his jet sweep motion, goes back the other side. And then to me, the touchdown to Sky Moore was even more impressive because I, I don't know where you guys watched or how much you could hear the broadcast, but Mahomes comes out of the huddle and is just immediately alerting everybody on his side of the ball. This is cover zero. We got cover zero here. And that is, again, next level command where he's got, he's got the answer to the test before the play starts. He knows where the ball's going. And it doesn't really matter what happens because he's ID'd. Cover zero's coming. I got this play over here to my left with Sky Moore. Let's just go score on it and, and build our lead. Watching him orchestrate all of that, watching Travis Kelsey uh, continuing to be a, a matchup nightmare for everyone, like it's – when you've got two guys like that, it does make things easier, but it's not like offensively they had a roster that you were afraid of outside right. of those two guys. So what do you think is the difference on how they're able to make all of this stuff work and take a cast off like Kadarius Tony and, yeah. and find a role for him where he's a significant figure in the Super Bowl? It's a great point, Lawrence, because we're dreaming of of Justin Fields one day having this receiving core that is, you know, full of elite talents. Well, what if it never gets there? And what if you need to ask your quarterback to play with guys who are castoffs for another team or just kind of okay? A guy you grabbed in free agency like a Marquez Valdez Scantling, you know, like can you mix and match these pieces and can you be the guy that elevates them? And so what makes it work is the union between Patrick and Andy. It's the understanding of, Hey, we're going to put you in favorable situations. And now you just have to use your playmaking gifts to make these plays. I think like one of the consistent themes I've heard from people around the league about the bears is like, yes, Justin Fields has the potential for certain to take an, a, a, a setup like they have in Philadelphia for Jalen hurts and go to the Super Bowl with it. But the, the pushback on that is, that may take five years to get, right? They don't have the Eagles offensive line and it's going to take a long time to build it. They don't have the Eagles pass rush and it's going to take a long time to build it. They don't have A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith and, and, and Dallas Goddard and other guys to throw to. It may take a long time to build it. So now your quarterback 
has to be that guy that elevates. And that's going to be a big challenge in, in 2023 for Justin Fields to take that on and try to, to, to dig within himself and see how much can I elevate these guys around me? How much can I unify with whoever's calling the plays for me to make sure that we are in rhythm, we know who we are, and we know where the answers are? Ten rookies contributing for the Chiefs. And the aforementioned Isaiah Pacheco yeah. was taken around after Treston Ebner. <laughs> that's that's amazing to me. And how concerned should I be with uh, in, in the scouting opinions of, of Ryan Poles and his scouts and his staff when something like that happens? Well, that stuff happens all the time. I know that's, it does. That's, that's but that one hurts. Yeah, I, and, and, and they hurt here more than other places because we never wind up on the other end of it. You know, very rarely that, that you go, oh, yeah, we stole that guy. And, and there were other guys that were more highly valued that, that didn't have the same careers. Pacheco ran the ball like a badass yesterday. I mean, you saw every time he touched it, there was an extra gear. There was extra aggression. There was there was a yep. purpose. Young Marion Barber. That's he who he did. looks like to me. He, lo- he and, looks He looks like young Marion Barber. I mean, I think they. I, I think the final numbers were like they ran it 19 times in the second half and threw it 14. And and so when you can when you can pair a nasty running game with with the best quarterback to play, maybe one of the top five to ever play. You know, I'm probably willing to go there in my stand mode right now. Uh, then you've got something really special. And so the the, the Chiefs aren't going anywhere any anytime soon. Uh, the Bears are very lucky there in the AFC. And, uh, you know, we'll see where, where, where everything unfolds from here. Do you think that any of this stuff that's happened over this season with, with them winning the Super Bowl re-elevates Matt Nagy? Um, I, I mean, he's not in the coordinator's role, right? So he's kind of, I mean, I think he, he has the respect of Patrick Mahomes. He has the endorsement of Patrick Mahomes. I don't think it necessarily, I don't think you're talking about like Matt Sunlaby suddenly being a hot candidate for uh, another head coaching job. It's going to be a long way and a long climb for him to get back there. But certainly I think he probably feels pretty good this morning, (laughs) you know, better than he did on February 13th, 2022, when he was uh, in Africa out of a job and and, and trying to find himself in safari. He's got himself a a Super Bowl ring and has had himself a nice little uh, six months here with, with that team. If you're, if we're talking about like some palace intrigue here, if you're Eric Bieniemy and you're Matt Nagy, are you kind of looking at each other going, hmm, I wonder which one of us will be in line to be the head coach of this job when Andy Reid decides that he wants to retire? Yeah, and, and Andy came out last night and said, not yet, right? So you've got to, you've got to kick that can down the road a little bit more. But it's it, it's fascinating you know, to, to figure out what direction that might go in just given – uh, how limited the opportunities have been for Eric Bieniemy elsewhere, and 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 it's you know this is all a year by year thing where where you try to figure out who the hot names are. Uh, you would have thought by now that Bieniemy would have had his entry pass into to some sort of gig, um, but there's you know intrigue for sure, Lawrence, to figure out how it unfolds in Kansas City and how long Andy wants to do this because now I think you know he obviously uh, with these two Super Bowls and the last four wins has has solidified his legacy. And then it becomes how much does this game really mean to you? And how much would you just like to go uh, grab a couple uh, sacks of cheeseburgers and sit on a beach <laughs> and smear that grease all over yourself? Well, we don't have to get quite that graphic. <laughs> <laughs> Why not, Dan? Why not? <laughs> I didn't need that, but, but okay. <laughs> you know, weird flex, but okay. <laughs> so <laughs> the you mentioned you mentioned coming around to to changing your pick. I've come around on how I felt about the late penalty, and it's too bad. But I'm not mad at anybody because all, all, all you ask the official to do is, is call what, what they see. 
And if that's what they saw and the people involved said that's what it was, we don't want officials deciding not to to throw yeah. flags if they're there. It's just this is the sport. The sport sometimes comes down to this and it's it's too bad. But mm-hmm. I'm. I just. I, it's not worth getting mad at anybody. I'm glad it's not going to be a multi-day story of the talking to the rules committee or anything like that. So, my thoughts on this are are sort of multi-pronged. And the first part of it is James Bradbury pled guilty after the game and said, "I did it." You know, I held and I, and it's a penalty, and I got called for it. My pushback a little bit would be the consistency with which it is called, because I think you could go through that three plus hour game video and find, you know, a half dozen to 10 examples where there was contact or a clutch or a grab or a hold that was more egregious than that, that was let past. Right. And they didn't, they didn't pull you over for (laughs) rolling the stop sign, you know, and then in that moment they did. And I think as a, a a football watcher, you kind of want the the game deciding play to be a play and not a, a yellow hanky on the field. And I think because they called that penalty, we were deprived of the Eagles having a, a last opportunity to try to match, right? They didn't get the the answer opportunity that, that we all would have loved to see from a theater standpoint. I'm not mad. I'm not going to go fight this tooth and nail to the death. But I do think that there needs to be a level of consistency to it. If you're going to call it in the biggest moment, you better have called it somewhere else along the line in those three plus hours that that has at least put those players on on notice that, hey, we're looking for this and, and you may get called if you do it again. What's interesting to you now when it comes to the Bears being on the clock and and I'm guessing you saw the the release that they sent out basically saying, hey, we're on the clock. You should come and be a part of our draft day stuff. <laughs> well, so Lawrence, like because of the expansion of the NFL calendar, it's February 13th. We're on the Monday after the Super Bowl, and now we're only two weeks away from the combine. So this is a very short period now and a very short bridge that we have to cross. And I'm telling you, that week in Indy is going to be fascinating because the chatter is going to be there on multiple levels. It's going to be, okay, where are the Bears' eyes in terms of the prospects that are at the top of this draft board? And there's a, a general consensus kind of from people that I've talked to that this isn't a real top-heavy draft and that it doesn't kill them to trade back once, maybe twice, and, and, and you can go down deeper than you might otherwise want to because it's not a real must-have, must-have, must-have in the top five. Especially Often. if you're not looking for a quarterback. Correct, right. And so, that, so then you have also in Indy, you're going to have – agents meeting with general managers across the league and having buzz on, on where the bears might want to spend this 90 plus million dollars of, of, of cap room that they have in free agency. And then you've got this idea of who are they talking to about the trade? And so those, those five, six days down there in Indianapolis are going to be fascinating in terms of giving us some hints at the direction of where this team is going to go. Again, it's 14 days away, 15 days from when Ryan Poles and Matt Eberflus will talk to us next down there. That's going to be fun. And it's just around the corner and it's just around the corner in an off season that we're all in agreement uh, that is going to be as fascinating as any that we've been a part of. Who knows what the results are, but just covering it on a week-to-week, month-to-month basis, there's going to be a lot that develops. And again, it's going to start really uh, for, for all intents and purposes in, in, in two weeks. Dan, thanks, sir. Appreciate it. Great talking to you guys. See ya. That's Dan Wiederer providing lurid Andy Reid fantasies. I you. enjoyed that. <laughs> and and just so people know, like I know that it it kind of came off as – like a fat shaming thing with Andy with the cheeseburgers. No, he, he, that's his bit. That's his thing where after wins, he goes and gets a cheeseburger. Not like, hey, he's a fat guy. Go eat a cheeseburger. But cheeseburgers are awesome. They are delicious. But I just wanted to know, like, if you were sitting there looking at the TV last night at Terry Bradshaw being like, that felt rude. 
or you heard Chris Berman talking about it or even Dan Wiederer, it's because there's a ritual there's a ritualistic thing that goes on with Andy Reid and big wins. I made the joke a couple of years ago when he had a, a larger than needed COVID mask on during a game. Do you remember yeah. the one I was, I was speculating that there was actually a there's a, like a slot in there where you can put a cheeseburger. So it's just there. Like attached at any point, he just can take a bite. So, yeah, believe me, I, I know the bit. I guess we're going to talk Bulls. They are going to be playing the Orlando Magic tonight in a game you will hear. Don't say it like that. On the score. Don't say it like that, Dan. It, you got to bring the people from this segment to the next segment. I'm going don't, to. Well, don't, look, don't do no, it, I guess we're going to talk about the Bulls. Because it happened again. The same thing happened again. So now we're two games in. To the, now we're down to 26 games, right? Yep. Of, of AK's The evaluation. Yep, we're two games in. And this is amazing. Breaking news. They're the same team. <laughs> they're doing exactly the same things. They play really well out of the gate, and they're really tight, and they're trying really hard. And then they turn it over, and then the other team hits threes. And even though the other team has a, has a bad shooting night, and the Bulls turn it over, and then the other team hits a three, and the Bulls finish the game with five threes. But in AK's world, eh, it's fine. So now let's go out and get Russell Westbrook. And I've, we'll talk about it next on The Score. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular-season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Bernstein at Homes. Middays 10 to 2 on Sports Radio 670 The Score and 670thescore.com in Odyssey Station. Rebound to Allen. That's going to do it. And the Cleveland Cavaliers with a huge fourth quarter rally and beat the Bulls sweeping the season series in four straight and in the process when they're sixth in a row and the Bulls winless on this road trip when they go 0-3 against the Grizzlies, Nets, and Cavs respectively. The final for Cleveland. Cavaliers 97 in the Bulls 89. That was Chuck Swirsky. He and Bill Wennington will have the call tonight for the Bulls and the Magic on Sports Radio 670, but Bulls led going into the fourth quarter in all those games, right? Yeah, they did. And in this one, you end up leading going into the fourth quarter and you give up 20 to 4 run to start the fourth quarter. That was and you their turn the fifth ball game. over 22 times in a game. Their fifth game in 7 days. They're better than you. Yeah, they make threes. And the Bulls don't. And when asked about it, AK said, "Well, sometimes we make them." Well, you don't make enough of them. So you're going to bring in a guy that shoots 28% and needs the ball? Okay. I, I don't care. I'm sorry. It's After the trade deadline and after what what they showed that they care about and don't care about, 
so what? It's fine. Bring him in. Bring in everybody. You want to bring in Russell Westbrook? Fine. Well, what difference is going to make? Well, Not my money. Can I read you a quote? This is the portion of the show where Lawrence reads, or at least tries to. Hang on. There, that's better. All right. This is from DeMar DeRozan after the game on Saturday. Quote, we've just got to do a better job of understanding possessions in games. I wouldn't put it on teams having us figured out. I'd say 85% of it is picking and choosing and understanding the possession and not feeling so rushed into trying to hit a home run every possession. That's on us. We've got to do a better job managing that, understanding that. And a lot of times it comes down to not even scoring. It's not about us coming down and feeling we've got to be Superman and score 20 points in the fourth quarter. It's about us playing the game the right way, understanding what needs to be done, how we can play off one another. He's talking about him and Zach. How we can use each other to help everyone else on the team be in better position to make plays for us as well. It's on us more than anything, close quote. So, Dan. Hello. Like, yeah. That's kind of what it's been the whole time. Right. That's what people have been saying. That's why, for example, I've brought up. And DeMar, to his credit, been shooting more threes lately. He's been making them, which is good. He also still does the thing where he's standing on the three-point line, and if he were to just take a step back before he shoots the longest two that you can shoot, it it might be three points. But yes, them understanding how to make each other better would be great. And one would have thought that by now, now that you're two years into your playing relationship with each other, that your games would be better meshed than they actually are. And that is also not the case with your Chicago Bulls. As John Fox would say, it's all a problem. Yeah, but now you're having this realization? It's very late in the game. Right, to- right now, like, hey, let me tell you something. I, I think we have to learn how to coexist on the floor. Yeah, you would think that that is something that would have been shared with one another by now. Or maybe this is maybe this is DeMar's like last gasp at trying to get Zach on the same page. But both of them are flawed. They're both flawed. They're both likable, and yet they're both flawed. And they, they can't make it work. Darnell wrote a great piece about Russell Westbrook in The Athletic this morning. And everything that we were talking about this past weekend is, is if you're scared of your alpha dog status on the Bulls and the Bulls bring in Russell Westbrook, I got some really bad news for you. You're no longer the alpha dog of the Chicago Bulls. He is. His resume says that he should be. Forget about the fact that he got traded and got bought out. That's Russell Westbrook. He's got an MVP. He's got four seasons where he averaged a triple-double. Is he a nine-time All-Star? He's going to the Hall of Fame. And let's keep it a buck because, you know, I love me some Russ. Russ a little bit crazy. So you can, you can F-A-F-O if you want, but... 
Russ is going to let you know what some of your deficiencies are. And if if you are all like let let's say you're Zach and you're kind of already uncomfortable with with Demar, it doesn't even seem like an overly de- demonstrative leadership style. It's just that he knows that in late game situations, I get the ball and I'm going to go do what I do. If Zach is already kind of messed up by that, Good luck with Russell Westbrook for four weeks. Well, when I've already gotten to the point in the Bulls season where there's an aspect that I'm rooting for the chaos just to make him interesting, that sucks. Yeah. But I kind of am. You're So you want Russell Westbrook to... No. I mean, I don't, but I can rationalize it. Say, all right, let's let's lean in. Go ahead. Let's, let's go full butter and syrup. Just pour it all over the top and... We'll, we'll make it work. I'm still trying to figure out what do you gain with this. I don't know. I guess you get you get a point guard, like right, like. But he's can, not classically a. He's more of a lead guard type. Like if you were bringing in 33 year old Rajon Rondo, who you know can't shoot, but is a coach on the floor and will defend. Will defend and is and will make sure the balls. So that's what I can see. That I would understand a little bit. Like Rubio, if Ricky Rubio were, he can't really play anymore, but he can do the assistant coach stuff. If you had 31-year-old Goran Dragic. That'd be great. Instead of 37-year-old Goran Yes, exactly. Like that that would be a nice little fit. Might not move the, the needle, but it'd be a nice little fit. I just, I don't get the fit. The fit is, here's a something, don't look over here, there's a star Look, Russell Westbrook is a bull. Come on out to the United Center and head on down to the boat show. The boat show. That's what it feels like. Here's a name. Ta-da! <sighs> Darnell called the Bulls like he one of the ways that he described the Bulls with the Russell Westbrook thing was desperate. And I, I wrote down, like as I was reading, I was going, if they were desperate. Why weren't they desperate last week? Because they wouldn't even necessarily need to be desperate because there were a lot of people who wanted players. By Arturis' own admission, there were a lot of buyers last week. And if you were desperate, it would have seemed like it would be easy to make some moves. I just think it's hilarious that he says, well, in 28 games, we'll know more. Well, now it's 26 games. And those two, games 28 and games 27, showed you the Bulls entirely distilled into what they have been. So the, it's, who said, like, the idea of commitment to the bit of not making threes. It's almost like they're, they're, it's, it's performance art at this point. Well, the last two games, the commitment to the bit by the Bulls overall has been amazing. And great point by Cody Westerland that, and once you start to realize this, it's going to really rankle you. Zach Levine won't take a, a, a three at the end of a quarter or the half because it'll mess up his percentage. Correct. And his point is let IO take it, let Kobe White take it, someone who isn't looking at every last thousandth of their shooting percentages where you're too cool 
to take a shot where you might get three points you might need. You would think that now that you actually have the contract, though, uh-huh. that that wouldn't matter. Mm-hmm. It's just, but once you notice that, you're not going to unnotice it. But, but that's my whole thing. If you're that guy, if you're the guy that pouts because DeMar's taking shots in the fourth quarter, you won't take threes at the end of a quarter because you don't want your percentage down. And then I introduce you to Russell Westbrook as your point guard. Not as not as a guy that you see at the gym in the summer. Why, why not not this a- to Bill for everything Billy has done, for every <laughs> bullet and arrow that this guy has taken. Okay, here you go. Enjoy. Here's here's five years <laughs> yeah. older, more hurt, angrier Russell Westbrook than what you coached. Mm-hmm. Have fun. Like, here's the Russell Westbrook who has been done wrong. And he's been sitting here like, what the hell just happened? And now he's going to come in and be your point guard? I know you got some Jalen Hurts stuff you want to get to, but I, 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 you need to, the people on Twitter and in my, you need to get off my back about my rodent identification skills, okay? What? You just, you need to stop. You need to get off my back. I know what I'm doing. You misidentified a rodent? No, I didn't. Not for a second, not at all. So stop. Stop questioning me. What the hell are you talking about? I'll tell you in a minute. Bernstein and Holmes, middays 10 to 2 on Sports Radio 670 The Score and 670thescore.com in Odyssey Station. All right. So knock it off. Just knock it off. Okay. What's wrong with you? So, on Saturday, it was really nice out, and, and Jason said, I want to go hit balls at Diversity. So, I said, fine. I don't want to stand around and watch you hit golf balls. I'm going to get my, instead of riding the bike in the basement, I'm going to take a nice, long, lovely walk around Lincoln Park. So, I'm going to, I, I drop him. It was, it was jammed at the Diversity range because the top is still closed in the winter. They don't have the top level open. So it was like too deep underneath. So I'm like, all right, well, great. So I got, I had, I had an hour and fifteen minutes to go hiking around. Okay. So I did, and I walked through the zoo, the lovely Lincoln Park Zoo, and and kind of kept it moving, and so it was, it was really cool. Hadn't been there in forever, and you know, walking along the lagoon there that parallels Lakeshore Drive. You know what I'm talking about? I love it over there. It's beautiful, and. I was talking to one of the fishermen and watched. I see a couple guys out there fishing, and I came over and I just want to see what his setup was and what he was uh, what he was going for and what's there this time of year. And he was fishing for steelhead, wasn't having much of a day. In the middle of our conversation, he turns around and he goes, "Beaver!" <laughs> and I thought maybe this is, maybe he has Tourette's. Or I don't know. Maybe this is just something he yells every once in a while. But I'll be damned if sitting right down there in the water in front of us, I didn't see a big. Full-fledged, grown-up beaver, right, right there, and then it started paddling away, and I followed, and I and I kind of raced after it. I took a picture, I posted the picture to Twitter, and then people are coming out like bursting. Are you sure that's not a muskrat? I by cracking. So, and now I, 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 I don't I, know if it works for that. I was emailing. So, so my, my my dad says, "You sure it wasn't a muskrat? They are around." I've seen them in the river before. Beavers are rare around here. So Were getting- you, wait a minute. Was that an impersonation of, of Mr. Bernstein? No, it was an exaggeration. I'm, but I'm getting well actually here. Listen, 
telling me I can't tell the difference between a muskrat and a beaver? <laughs> Are you out of your mind? That's like saying that's like saying I saw a grapefruit. Are you sure it wasn't a tangerine? Because you know they, tangerine. they're very similar. This thing was thirty pounds if it was if it was an ounce, minimum thirty pounds, with a tail like a tennis racket. That's not a muskrat. So stop it. I've seen beaver in Canada a million times. They're, they're, they're unmistakable. They're enormous. Are you sure? I don't know. I think it might have been a muskrat. No, it wasn't. a Stop. Stop questioning my ability to, uh, to tell the difference between a beaver and a muskrat. They get up to 65 pounds. Do you know how big these animals are? It's sitting right there in front of me. And I don't know. It might be a giant muskrat with a beaver-like tail. Stop. I know it when I see it. And apparently, because I went to no less an authority than Dale Bowman. Oh, he would know. He said it wouldn't surprise me because they had been spotted around Montrose. Yeah, they're moving. Right near 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 Maravitz, that they may be making their way down the lagoon, or there may be more of them now nesting because of the success of a population up near Montrose in that same connected waterway by the golf course. So it's not a muskrat. Hold on. Did you ask Dale Bowman if it's possibly a muskrat? No, because I don't need to. Like I say, it's like if you got a tangerine in one hand and a grapefruit in the other, those are different things. There. I'm done. Okay, cool. Thank Enough. God Terry wasn't here because you would have damn yeah, near I killed him. I know. <laughs> Probably would have. Shout out to Uncle Terry. Just thinking about it. So um, this is a, kind of a hard left turn that you're asking me to make I'm sorry. here, Dan. I'm sorry. I had to find a spot for that because I couldn't. I, I, I would have been seething if I didn't get it off my Worst chair. partner ever. <laughs> <laughs> you want to save it? Why don't, we, why don't we do it at 123? It's already... Come on. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Because that story, like those, one story is great. The other story is, uh. We'll do it tomorrow. So so let's just say congratulations to Northwestern for their win over number one, Purdue. It's a huge win that gives them now six quad one wins on the season. They're looking pretty good for the NCAA tournament. Oh, no, they're in. How are they not ranked? I, I, they should be ranked. I think they should be too, but I would not say as of yet they're in. Let's see how they finish their last six games of the season. We won't we won't talk about that at 123 because we'll talk about Jalen Hurts like we were supposed to do. And but what we're gonna do, I'm excited to talk with our next guest because you know he just sounds good and he's nice enough to come and like hang out with us. And he's a, a Kansas City guy, Ron Ugly, who's also a Houston guy, but he still does the the Chiefs podcast. He really likes being on our show. Well, who doesn't? I, it's it's different than people. You know, pe- most people that we have on the show tolerate us, Dan. It's different. With Ron, he's like, oh, hell yeah. I love hanging out with you guys. You guys make things very easy for me. So it's nice when we get someone like that that would like to hang out with us. So we're going to talk about the Super Bowl and the Kansas City Chiefs and find out if there's anything over there that can be duplicated over here. That's next here on The Score.
We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.